0: Thank you for uh tuning in to this uh podcast that i'm starting my name is steve jackson and this podcast is called take it to god and uh, that's probably pretty self-explanatory but uh, i'll explain a little bit later what i um what i'm getting at when i when i say that um within the last uh few months or so i've been really sensing that i'm supposed to start a podcast um and just kind of comment on uh everyday events um plus stuff that's uh that you'll find in the scriptures how they tie in stuff that he's been uh revealing to me over many many years and um you know i've 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 told people some of those things he's revealed to me but i really sense that i needed to um, start to try to publish them so that's uh the main purpose for this blog it's just kind of my take and the things that i believe that god has been showing me and uh, I'm going to try to do this on a weekly basis, so we'll kind of see where it goes from there. Now, I want to kind of clarify when I'm going to say certain terms, and I'm sure most people who who have uh, who are listening right now have probably heard all these terms. But when I when I speak of Yahweh, um, I mean the God of the Scriptures, of the Holy Scriptures. That's usually what I mean. And sometimes I'll just say God. A lot of the times I use Yahweh. That's just my personal preference. Um, Jesus, I usually say Yeshua or Messiah. So just so you know, if I say those names, I'm referencing to what we would know as the Greek Jesus. And then uh, today's message, specifically when I talk about ministries, uh, for the Apostle Paul, I usually use the word Shaul um, being his Hebrew name, but I'll probably interchange them. Now, a little bit about myself. Um, I wouldn't consider myself any particular denomination when it comes to the, uh, the Christian categories. Um, I believe that the foundation uh, of the Torah, which would be the first five books of the Old Testament, and the prophets, is very important to understand what uh, Yeshua, uh, Jesus, uh, was talking about, especially especially the Feast of the Lord. And there's tons of teachings out there that kind of show his um, how he fulfilled those feasts specifically. Um, the spring feasts, as of now, of his first coming as the suffering servant and the sacrificial lamb, and many of the things that the gospels talk about. Um, take for example, uh, the gospel of John is very specific when he says you couldn't possibly contain everything that uh, Yeshua did; it would just take too long. And so he said, the reason I'm I'm pinpointing these things is so that you too would believe that he's the Messiah. And a lot of the things that he picked, you could say, "Well, that's kind of random, but they were very specific in how they um pointed to him being the Messiah and how he was fulfilling those things that had been prophesied because anybody could really come up and say, "Hey, I, you know, I'm the Son of God," and that was the whole point is that those that the Gospels that were written were trying to show how he was fulfilling the things that the that the Jewish people had been rehearsing for you know, hundreds and thousands of years prior to that, um, and that that was all pointing to him and also the second coming at some point in time. And so, uh, by understanding that and by seeing those as shadow pictures for the Messiah that we uh, claim to be the Messiah. Um, I think it's very important to to know those because it's not a, a legalistic thing where you're like, oh gosh, I have to, you have to celebrate these feasts. It's that it's exciting to say, you can look at it and go, oh my gosh, he fulfilled all of these. He fulfilled all these spring feasts, and they're pointing towards the second coming, and it's amazing when you get to see it that way. And so it, it becomes a, a a very joyous occasion. So you can kind of see this is where I'm coming from. Um, that's that's kind of my belief system. And like I said, there's tons of teachings out there in the Feast of the Lord by multiple people, and and uh, they're easily accessible. And I'll probably talk about some of the people that have been influential in in, in my learning process. Now, the the title of today's episode is um, Ministry, Your Fruit or Foundation. And this is something God had been showing me for many, many years. Um, I was heavily involved with a uh, uh, worship team, music worship team, at the church I was going to at the time. And it was a pretty fruitful ministry, um, a very large, at least for the the vicinity that I was in. I was on the, the, the praise teams as a vocalist and a, a piano player. And I remember one time God said, what if I wanted you to get out of this ministry and go work at the coffee table. Now, we had a little table there that served, you know, coffee and refreshments and donuts, and most churches have those now. But he said, what if I wanted you to go and work in that for the next, the next year? Would you be willing to give up your ministry inside this music department and do that? And see, in the music department, obviously, you're up on stage. Everybody knows you. Everybody sees you. Everybody's well aware of your talents. You get to, you get to show them what you can do. And he says, are you willing to give all that up and go do this? And and in my heart, I really believed, like, yes, I would be willing to step away, because I understood that the, the ministry that I was doing was hopefully in my heart for him, for the purpose of allowing him to use me as he felt, uh, as he saw fit. And by me going to this other ministry— be it what we would consider a, a, a step down, even though I, I don't believe that, but the concept would be you're getting off the stage, you're out of the limelight, people don't watch you all the time, this is a lower uh, kind of underground ministry, would you be willing to do that? And, and I really felt like I was willing to do that. And it was funny because I'd say another a year later, uh, Yahweh did call me out of the ministry. Now, he didn't have me go do that particular thing, but he says, you're done, I don't want you, I'm not gonna have you on stage. You're not gonna be singing. Um, I'm pulling you off the the praise teams and things like that. You're done. You're done with this ministry and now you're gonna move on to something new. Your walk with me is gonna be um, developed and it's gonna be off on something new. And, you know, the enemy came back with the the typical arguments of, well, I want you leave, no one will know who you are. They won't see you, won't be on stage. It'll be kind of a, you'll be out of the limelight. And I knew where it was coming from, so it was an immediate, uh, yeah, 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 whatever. And so I left. And it was funny because um, the, the team that I was on particularly was going to be on that next Sunday. And I remember uh, watching them from uh, the, the audience, Sanctuary, and I remember looking up at that team, which I was a part of, watching them sing, and it was as if I had never been up there. I, I didn't miss it. I didn't feel withdrawal. I didn't feel regret. And and it was Yahweh just kind of giving me that blessing, like uh, kind of a, a confirmation that you stepped out at the right time. And if I would have stayed up there, then I would have continued pushing for that ministry. I would have kept on wanting to make that ministry work and I would have just kept on going. And by removing me from that, um, I was able to connect with him and deal with things that, that God wanted me to deal with on a private basis, things that I had to go through and not be in the limelight. If I would have stayed up there, I can almost guarantee that Yahweh would have made the things that he wanted me to go through more public. And he didn't want to. So he's like, just step down. You and I get to work on our things. And when the time is right, maybe we'll put you back up there. Um, And so I did step down, and it was amazing, because then I began to venture off on uh, understanding him in a new way. And if I would have been up there, there's a certain level of expectation that they have. And so by me stepping down, I didn't have to deal with that at the time. It wasn't something that God wanted me to deal with at the time. With all of that, like I said, he gave me this title for a book, and it was called Ministry, Your Fruit or Foundation. And he was saying... So many times people will take their ministry, and let's just use mu- music ministry for the, for the sake of the conversation. Say you're very talented in something. You easily can do it. And so you're doing it. And finally God says, you know what? We're done with this ministry. You and I, were finished with it. We're going to move on to something else. And if you go, well, no, I, I, I can't do that. God, I mean, this, this is my ministry. This is what I do. I mean, this is really, really good. I mean, this ministry is, is growing. I mean, we're, we're making progress. We're, we're building it. It's wonderful. And God goes, yeah, but we're done with it. It's somebody else is going to take over now. And if you keep on going, but this is mine. This is what I do. This is who I am. I am a musician for this church. That's what people know me as. You immediately make that ministry the foundation of, on which you base your relationship with God, if that ministry dissolves or is like the sand, the shifting sand, if it becomes that and everything uh, falls away, all you have left is this empty ministry. And the problem is, is, and I think think this is where you really begin to see people with anger and bitterness and burnout and... um, competitiveness inside the ministry is when they've made it their own it becomes their identity and God's trying to break that he's like this isn't your identity because logically just think about it when eternity comes when he returns and we have eternity with him who are we going to minister to there's nobody we have to try to persuade to follow Yeshua uh, Yahweh Who? Who are we going to try to persuade? Everything has become perfect, and he is the one that we're always spending time with. We've moved on to that next level. Who is there to minister to? And so the concept is, is that if, you're, if you make that your foundation, when God wants you to move on to the next step, you're stuck. You have said, this is mine, I'm driving a stake in it. This is where I'm planted. This is what I do. This is what people know me as. Major problem right there. You've immediately told God, this is what I'm I'm going to do, whether you like it or not. And oftentimes, we create a ministry and put his stamp of approval on it. He hasn't put his stamp of approval on it. We have. We say, God, I've created this beautiful music ministry, now bless it. Where if your ministry becomes the fruit of of your relationship with God meaning that just because you exist with God because you spend daily time with him because you are always in prayer or always asking him what his opinion is on on your daily activities what you know where you should go who you should talk to things like that if you're always spending time with him and you're always creating that relationship whatever you and God decide that looks like then the fruit from that relationship is your ministry. And whether that be manifested in the music ministry you're doing, or if he says, now I want you to, to cling toilets for the next year, and that is your job, is you're going to be a janitorial assistant for somebody, then that is the ministry that God has planned out for you. And when God says, okay, we're done with this ministry, if you go, okay, well, where are you going next? What are you doing next? Then I think that is where the right place is because then it's never an issue of, you know, getting the glory from it. It's just you get to be with that person. And there's an example. I mean, I'm going to talk about this sometime later in another episode, but I th- I think marriage, you know, God uh, God places relationships on this earth to show us exactly what it is to be with him, the relationships, and all of them are like that. And as, like I said, at some point in time, I'll discuss all those, but, um, I think marriage is a great example because marriage, um, if you truly love somebody and they have to move for, let's say a job or whatever, and they decide to move, chances are, if you're truly in love with them and you know, this is the right choice, you go with them. You say, yeah, I have friends here, and yeah, I feel comfortable here, but I know this is where we need to go. I know that I need to go with you, and so you and I are going to go together, and that's what excites me. For me to stay here and you to go would be misery, because I want to be where you are. That is an example of how you and God should interact. It should always be that way. Where are you going? I want to go. And, and and also, the other concept that God always brought up with me, and, and um, the marriage thing too, is with a like a child, like in a marriage, if you have a child. It's because of the intimacy between the couple. That is why a child is born. The concept is, in general, to produce a child is to require intimacy. To produce fruit requires intimacy. That is the example that God has. It's because of our intimacy with him that that fruit is born. Because of the intimacy between... Uh, a husband and a wife, the fruit is born. And so that is an example of what we should be doing with God on a regular basis. We should always have that level of intimacy. And then we don't have to worry about how it manifests itself. If God says it's going to be in music for a while, you're like, okay, great. And then if tomorrow he says, well, I'm going to have you, you know, work at the information booth at this church, that's great. Or maybe he says, I want you out of that church right now, and for the next year you're going to just volunteer your services at the Salvation Army. Okay, great. Because it's about you and God connecting and going where you're supposed to go. That's the important part. I think I'm going to go ahead and stop for now. I'm going to try to keep these podcasts down to 10 to 15 minutes at a time so that they're easier to download. So if it goes over, I'll just cut it in half and probably post something this week as well for the second half. In the second half, I'll discuss some of the verses that I believe hit upon this uh, concept. And then I'm also going to discuss where I came up with the name of the podcast. So make sure to download that second episode and we'll see you then.